Well, how's everyone doing this morning? Well, that was pretty weak. How's everyone doing this morning? I know it's a holiday weekend. I know it's super sunny, and there's probably other places you'd rather be, but we're grateful you are here this morning, and I'm grateful that my family is with us here today, and uh, my wife Wendy and our boys Hunter and Carter, and uh, we're just grateful to be with you, to be with you, those who are watching us online, and uh, Wendy just wanted to come and say a quick hello before we jump into our message here. Have you guys been rolling your eyes the whole time? <laughs> I told him, I said, behind every good woman is a man rolling her eyes. Or behind, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. It. <laughs> behind every good woman is a man rolling her eyes. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to say hello. We are so excited to be finally in Concarden from Ottawa. Thank you for your support, your prayers. It's been a crazy transition of houses lost and travel and whatever, but we're here. So we're super excited and uh, just excited to partner with you as we are serving this community, serving the team, and uh, just to be a part of King Carden. I, we truly believe that the best is yet to come. And we're really excited for the next season, this next chapter, as we walk through it together. So thank you. Thank you for being so kind and uh, generous to us. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> and uh, that's a phrase. That's a phrase that God put on Wendy's heart, even at the beginning is that the best is yet to come, and I honestly believe that, and I hope you believe that. I hope you believe, you don't believe, rather, that the best is behind us, you know, that we've kind of lost it, it's in, we're in the wake of it, but actually, the best is in front of us, and then if we would reach out and grab a hold of it, we can see God do amazing things, not, not just through us, in, you know, in our community, but even in us, like in our hearts, that God can change us and make himself known and grown in us. And so, hey, if you're here for the first time, thanks for joining us. If you're here for maybe the first time in a long time, welcome back. We're grateful that you're here with us. Uh, just a couple quick announcements I want to draw to your attention before we get into the message. One is next Sunday, I can't, can you believe we're in September already? Like it just blows my mind, but next Sunday is what we're calling Launch Sunday. What does that mean? It just means that we're kind of kicking off the ministry year. We're getting started officially. We're kind of putting a date to it and getting started, and we want to invite you to come, but don't just come. Bring a friend, right? Don't just come alone. Tell somebody, share the good news, bring a friend. We've created these invitation cards. You can pick them up on the way out if you haven't done so already. Or you can go on our Facebook page and you can share the event and share that and register to the link to register. But we're creating space. And this is a bold move. I get it. Some of you are going like, why are we doing two services? You look around, you see what? We have lots of space. We don't. We're believing that God is going to, as we create space, as we make room, we're going to see people come. I believe that in my heart. And so we're going to take a step of faith. So 9 o'clock and 10.30 next Sunday. If you don't have kids, maybe 9 o'clock is a better opportunity to come to. Kids ministry will be available in our 10.30 service. And then after our 10.30 service, we are going to have a barbecue, a free barbecue community party with bouncy castles and obstacle courses and inflatables and games. And it's just going to be a good time. So come, plan on being there. As we come together, we start off this ministry year, I believe, right. Bring a little bit of joy. Someone say joy joy back into our community. And the second thing, as I want to encourage you to, is join us in our seven days of prayer. Come on, I believe that prayer changes everything. Jesus changes everything. But when we, when we work, we work, right? But when we pray, God works. And that's how it is. And so we're going to commit these next seven days to prayer starting tomorrow. And so there's going to be, there's prayer focuses on the back of this card that are going to unify our efforts and unify our prayer. And I'm going to ask you to set aside 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes, depending on your prayer life, to pray for specifically these events as we pray into ourselves, our own hearts, but also our church and our influence and our community.
community. And I'm going to ask you to join us. So please pick up a card on the way out. We're also posting on our social media so you can follow along that way. But we are just believing that as we pray in, as we believe, as we pray like it all, like it all depends on God, but then work like it all depends on us, we will see God do amazing things. Do you believe that? Come on, do you believe that? Do you want to see that? Right? We're not, we're not just looking for a cookie cutter, you know, country club church. We're looking for a church that's going to be bent on mission, unified in purpose and pursuit. And so that's happening uh, starting next week. And so we're going to continue on our series. Nick's going to bring that up. And uh, one thing we're going to do at the end of our service today is we're also going to pray for all of our students who are going back to school on Tuesday. And uh, we just know that this school year, like last year, is going to look very different. Thanks, Nick. And, uh, and so we just want to pray God's blessing and covering over them as they get started into a new, a new ministry year. But let's just go jump into our series today. We are completing our series called The Parables, Stories Jesus Told, or Jesus the Storyteller. And we've been exploring these stories and, and, and examining the stories that Jesus told and, and trying to figure out how they apply to our life today. And three reasons that Jesus told parables was he told parables to reveal truth and illustrate truth. He told parables to make truth relevant and practical. But he also told parables to captivate people's attention and to make his message memorable, to make it sticky. How many people know you can hear information and forget information just as quick, right? You can hear a thing, and it can be great, but then just as easily forget it. And so Jesus was telling parables in a way that will make his story or make his message memorable so they could re remember it. See, Jesus used these stories to convey his message in a way that fascinated his followers. They were, they were bewildered. He was talking about the kingdom of God. He was talking about this relationship with the Father. He was talking about these kingdom principles that seemed so big and so grand, and they were fascinated by them. But he also talked about using parables that also confounded his critics and, and confused you know, the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, the ones who thought they had it all figured out. And he was teaching in a way that just kind of turned everything upside down. And so today we're going to finish. There's, you know, there's so many parables, we can't get through them all, but we're going to finish on our last one here today as we talk about the parable of the talents. The parable of the talents is going to be found in Matthew 25. But here's the big question I want you to maybe write down or remember. Is, this one we're going to be asking today is, what are you doing with the resources that God has given you? I'm just going to let that question sit. What are you doing with the resources that God has given you? What, what are you doing with the talents that God has entrusted with you? You know, the, the time that he's given you or, or the skills that he has given you. Maybe it's the abilities he has offered you or the influence. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's opportunities or freedoms or location where you are or maybe the generation in which you live. These resources, he has given you something. And the question you and I have to ask ourselves is what am I doing with the resources that God has entrusted me, that he has given to me? That's what this parable really is all about. See, as we start into a new year, I believe this is a really timely question. As we start into a new ministry year, is it sort of like, it's, you know, like September and January, you know, these like kind of ministry calendars or, or seasonal calendars that kind of give us a fresh start. It affords us, it gives us the opportunity to ask this question and to reevaluate, right? okay, how do I want to live my life? What do I want to remember for? How do I want to inf uh, utilize my time and my talents and my resources? I mean, in the heels of, of these last challenging years, let's be honest, 
on the heels of these past two years, a lot of us, and, and this is just kind of across the board, is this churches look different. Ministries look different. We've kind of sat on, on our backs a little bit. We've been watching church online, and, and it's fantastic to be able to have that resource, to be able to reach people where they are and to provide a place that if you're unable to join us in person, that you can do that. But how many people know church is not a spectator sport? Whoo! And, and, right? I mean, it's great. It's amazing that we can watch online. It's amazing that we can come and we can sit and we can partake and we can enjoy and can receive. But church ultimately is not a destination. Church is an application. It's applying the goodness and the grace of God to your life each and every day, not just coming to a church on a Sunday or watching something online. Those are great resources and tools to support you. But church is, is, is an application. We need to apply Jesus to our lives every day. And so I believe this is a great question. Even on the heels of this past season, maybe some of us have sat back a little bit. Maybe some of us have kind of put our proverbial feet up a little bit, you know, and just sort of sat back and just see what is going to happen. So it's a great question to ask. And also, let's be honest, in light of what we see and feel happening around us, we've said this multiple times, the world is shifting, right? Things are turning, things are shifting. And in light of all that's going on, we need to be honest about this question. How am I using the resources God has given us? You see, this parable that we're going to read today is sandwiched between the ten bridesmaids we talked about a couple weeks ago, right? And also the parable of the sheep and the goats. It's in, this, it's in this package of stories that Jesus is talking about the end times. He's talking about being prepared for the second coming. And in the midst of all these two parables, he talks about the talents. He talks about being utilizing what God has entrusted you with. So this isn't just sort of like a selfish, like we want you to build the church sort of thing. No, this is, this is your heart. This is in relation to the end times, relation to what God is preparing us in, in, so we're ready for when he returns. There, there is something we have to work through to be prepared to invest properly, to not waste what he has entrusted us with. Are you with me this morning? So we're going to jump right in. We're going to read the parable, and we're going to share just four thoughts to consider before we head out today. So we're going to jump into parable Matthew 25. We're going to start in verse 14. It'll be on the screen. You can follow along. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by a story of a man who went on a long trip. He called together his servants and he trusted whose money? His money with them. He trusted his money with them while he was gone. And he gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last dividing it in proportion to their abilities. And then he left on a trip. And the servant who received five bags of silver began to invest. He began to invest. He began to invest the money and he earned five more bags. The servant who had two bags of silver also, what did he do? He went to work and he earned two more. And the servant who had received one bag of silver, he dug a hole in the ground and he hid the master's money. A long time after, their master returned from his trip, and he called them together to give an account for how they used his money. And the servant who had been trusted five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I've earned five more. And the master was full of praise. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I'll give you many more responsibilities Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received two bags of silver came forward and said to the master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest and I earned two more. 
And the master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. And then the servant with one bag of silver came to him and said, Master, I, I knew you were a harsh man and harvesting crops where you didn't plant and, and gathering crops you didn't cultivate, and I was afraid I would lose your money. And so I, I hid it in the earth. You see, look, here's your money. But the master, but the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops that I didn't plant and gathered crops that I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from the servant and give it to the one with the ten bags of silver, the first one. And then he will use that well. Uh, he will, uh, those who use well will give, be given, even more will be given to them. And they will have an abundance. But those who do nothing, those who sit on their heels, those who waste their time, even though what little they have been, uh, what even what little they have been, well, well, they have will be taken away. So now throw this useless servant into the darkness, where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so, when you read a parable like this, again, we have to allow ourselves to feel some of this tension. We have to allow ourselves to apply ourselves to this story. Obviously, we know that Jesus himself is the master in this story, right? We don't have to guess that. We're not the hero of the story, right? We, we recognize that when we read through parables, we are not the hero in any story. We are not the master, right? We're not talking, this isn't like a master and our kids, right? This isn't that situation. This is Jesus talking to his followers. This is Jesus talking to his servants, those who call themselves followers of, of God. And in all of us, he has entrusted us with something. And so there is these four principles, these four thoughts I want to throw uh, your way and see if something sticks and to just encourage us as we journey through this together. The first lesson we can pull from this story is this, is that while we are all created in equal value, we are not all created with equal ability. And this is a really unique thought to consider. While we are all created with equal value, we are not all created with equal ability. He's, he, in Matthew 25, he says, dividing it in proportion to what? To their abilities. He recognizes that there are some who can handle more, and there are some who yet to be still developed. That there are some who can, who can carry more on their shoulders, and there's some who cannot. And the, the master understood that the one-talent server was not capable of producing as much as the five-talent. And initially, we see this as it doesn't seem to be fair, especially in our culture where everyone, you know, we want everything to be created equal. But Jesus in the story is saying that. He, intuitively, we know that diversity is woven into the tapestry of our world and that while everyone should be treated with equal respect and equal dignity, we are all created with different and more beautiful and unique ways. The Apostle Paul writes it this way. He says, just as our bodies have many parts, each of us have a part, each part of us has a special function. So it is with the body of Christ. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us what? Different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the, the ability to prophesy, then speak out as much, with, with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, then serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If, you're, if you have the gift of encourage, to encourage others, then become be encouraging. If it's giving, then give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, then take responsibility seriously. And if he's given you the gift to show kindness to others, then do it 
gladly. See, this is where I believe that we are always better together. This is why we need to be together. This is the value of the local church. It's because we are better together. We are all carrying different parts, different abilities, different responsibilities, and together we are made whole. Together we are complete. Together we are better. And this is something to be celebrated. This isn't something to, you know, try to make everyone the same. Because if we make everyone the same, then we are going to be lacking in certain abilities and certain functions. See, God created and gifted each of us with unique and wonderful ways, and he crafted you with particular abilities and talents. And when you develop and when I develop these God-given attributes, and we use them well to serve others, great things can be accomplished. The gifts that God has given you are as numerous as the stars, right? The uniqueness of who you are is unique. It's different. Then there's many attributes that create who you are from attitudes and intelligence and your intuitive abilities, your emotions, your behaviors, your interests and your likes and your dislikes. In addition, God has given every person capacity and propensities and aspirations and personality and free will and a measure of faith. And he's given us con a conscience and the ability to communicate a network of relationships and a generation and a location. It's all of these things in addition to the gift set and the callings that he's placed in all of us that make us unique. That he's given us these talents and these abilities and this opportunity. And the question we have to come back to is, again, what am I doing with that? What do we do with these gifts and how do we invest them? How do we put them to use? And what God is saying in this story is how we do that will determine in, what he in how he responds, right? How we invest, how we serve, how we remain faithful will, will in turn determine how he responds and even how he increases the gift that he's first given us. Be faithful with the little, he says, and I'll entrust you with more, right? I'll entrust you with more. And I don't know about you, but I want that. But I recognize in order to see the more, I need to be faithful with the few. I need to be diligent with what God has given me, with the time that God has given me, with the people that God has given me, with the resources that God has given me, with the skill sets God has given me. And if I can steward those things well, if I can work within the box, right? We talk about creatives. He said sometimes the most creative thing is what if and if only, right? Think outside the box, right? You've heard that phrase, think outside the box? And thinking outside the box leads to what if? Well, what if we had this? And what if we could do this? And if only, if only we had this, and only we had that. And sometimes that can lead you to nothing, doing nothing, because you realize, I don't have those things, <laughs> right? But sometimes it's like, okay, God, what have you given me? What's inside the box, or what's inside the framework that you've already given me, and how can I utilize those things well? And I believe that when we use those things well, as the scripture tells us, that God will expand our box, right? He'll expand the resources that are available to us within our relationship, within our framework. So what, God, what has God given you? Where has God placed you? And this is a, a challenge to all of us is to not try to be someone else. Don't try to be Pastor Nick. Don't try to be someone else. But be yourself. Be who God has made you to be. Identify the talents that God has bestowed upon you and he's woven into you and nurture those things and grow those things. So it's recognizing the lesson that we are all created equal in value but not equal ability, but God has made us a 10 in something. He's given you a 10. You're a 10 out of 10 in something and try to identify what that is and know what it is and lean into it and operate in that talent, in that gifting. The second thing we need to know is that success only happens when we take action, right? 
Adam and Eve in the, in the, in the Genesis 2 suit, Adam and Eve were put to work to cultivate it and take care of the garden. Paul tells the church in Thessalonica that if they didn't work, you don't eat. You know, if you don't work, you don't eat. Proverbs 12, 11 says, Those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies have no sense. So there's an opportunity, there's a responsibility for us to do something. So not just sit back and say, well, you give me this thing and it's supposed to just magically happen. No, there's an element of going to work, to start to invest, to put your hand to the plow, to start doing something, right? To start doing something. We don't know what's on the other side of obedience, right? You don't always know what's on the other side of your faithfulness. You don't always know what's on the other side of your hard work. But I'm not a farmer, but this is what I know about a farmer. A farmer can, 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 can work the land, and after harvesting, he's not necessarily sure what exactly to harvest. Even after all the work, he's not guaranteed the harvest that maybe he had in mind. But what is guaranteed is if he doesn't do the work, there is no harvest. Right? You may not be guaranteed what's on the other side of your hard work, but if you don't do the work, you're guaranteed not to reap anything. And so there's something about putting our action in, in place, doing something with what God has given us. And I've said this before, this is a phrase that I heard, Pastor Nick and I have been saying it to each other and staff, is that we work like it all depends on us, but we pray like it all depends on God. Right? We work like it all depends on us. We're, we're faithful what God has given us, but we pray like it all depends on God. And the tragedy of the story is that the man receiving the one talent did not work, and the result, he earned nothing. And out of fear that his talent out of fear that he would lose his master's investment, that he would lose his master's money, that he would disappoint his master. He was afraid to fail his master. But what happened? He ended up failing his master, didn't he? In the fear of letting his master down, of losing his master's money, he actually failed and let his master down. You see, our job is to be faithful with what God has given us, which means we need to leverage our opportunities we need to work using our talents to glorify God, to serve the common good, and to further the kingdom. I've, I'm learning that biblical success looks a lot like faithfulness and hard work. Right? Biblical success looks a lot like just faithfulness. I'm just being faithful, doing what God has called me to do. It may seem small today, but if I do that thing today, then God will ask me to do something tomorrow. I'll be faithful with what he's put in front of me and just do the hard work because sometimes it's not always easy. I understand that can feel like a burden at times. But in this parable, Jesus helps us understand that success isn't based on someone else's achievements, but it's based on what God has asked you to do. I love this, is that the man who earned five and the man who earned two were both successful. It'd be easy for the man who earned two to look at the man who earned five and said, I wasn't successful. I failed. I didn't get five, only got two. And it'd be easy for him to say, he's better than me. He, he deserves more than me. He earned more than me. He was more successful than me. But when you read this parable, what is it? The same response to both. God says, you're faithful with what I gave you. You're faithful with what I gave you. Come and celebrate. Come and celebrate. So your success and my success isn't based on someone else's success and what God has given them but what God has given you and what God has given me and what God has given us, are we faithful with what God has put in our hands? That's the measure of success. And the comparison game is strong, isn't it? Come on, anyone else feel like they, they're falling into the comparison trap? 
Social media is the worst. Instagram is like the worst, right? It points everyone's best life and you're constantly comparing yourself to their A-frame and you're looking at all your cutting room like floor. You're looking at everything that's like not good in your life, the hardship, and you're, they're posting the highlight reel. And you think that is their full life. We do this all the time. But success is based on what we do with what God has given us. And the third thing we need to understand is that I believe that God gives us everything we need to succeed. Yes, success determines our, only occurs when we take action, but I do believe that God also gives us everything we need to succeed. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. And I believe that. I believe that Holy Spirit and our relationship with God empowers us to do the things that we in ourselves don't feel that we are empowered to do. That we feel we're not capable of doing. But God in his strength, God in his sovereignty, God in his power and his presence in our lives gives us the ability to do the things that seem impossible, that seem out of reach. The master in this parable expected his servants to do more than passively preserve what they had been trusted, what they had been entrusted. He, he expected them to generate a return by using their skills and their abilities. And I believe to the servant, he gave five talents. He gave him everything he needed to produce five more. To the servant, he gave two. He gave him everything he needed to produce two more. To the servant, he gave one. He gave him everything he needed to do one. Yet fear held him back from, and, and he chose to do nothing. And here's what I learned. I'm learning that fear tramples our faith, doesn't it? If we allow it, fear can trample our faith if we let it happen. But the other side of this is that faith triumphs over fear when we allow it. Faith can triumph over fear when we allow it. It reminded me of the story of this man who owned two dogs. He had a white dog and a black dog, for argument's sake. And every Saturday he would go down to the docks and these two dogs, sorry about this story, would fight each other. And they would fight. And people around the, gather around the docks every Saturday morning, they place their bet on what dog is going to win. And, and they place their bets, and then the dogs would fight. And, and it was different every week. Sometimes it was the black, sometimes it was the white, but there was no order. But what happened was the owner always knew what dog was going to win. And so finally, one day after this guy had lost a lot of money, he finally gets enough courage. He goes up to the owner and says, listen, I've lost so much money thinking I've figured out a rhythm, how, what's going on here, what dog is stronger. Every time it's different. What's going on? How do you always know what dog is going to win? And the owner smiled, and he said, simple. It's the dog I fed that week. And isn't that true in our own life? When we go in through seasons where we're in a spiritual battle, when, we're, when our faith and our fear is at odds one another, whatever you are feeding that week, right, wins. If you are looking on Facebook and you're filling yourself with fear of what is all going around us, then when push comes to shove, guess what's going to win? Guess what's going to triumph in your life? But if you can fill yourself, if you can start your day and fill your heart with faith, and fill your mind with the things of Christ, and allow faith to fuel you, then when push comes to shove, then you allow faith to win in your situation. And I'm gonna, not going to lie to you and say it's always going to happen, it's always going to be easy. We understand there's a battle. But the odds are greater when you fuel your spirit, man, when you fuel yourself with faith in the things of God. Because it feels like right now, I don't know if you feel this, but to me it feels like every day is a battle right now. Do you feel that? Every day is a battle. Every day you wake up, there's a new, a new catastrophe, there's a new world issue, there's a new something 
that it's just, it feels un- unbearable at times. And if we allow only those things to fill our mind, then we'll always be trampled. Our fear will always be trampled by fear. But if we can fill our faith, we can allow faith to triumph over us. It's not always going to be easy. But I believe if we, if we are faithful and we are obedient with what God has given us, if we are obedient to the responsibilities and the talents that he's given us, then we can trust the outcome with him. See, never forget that your potential lies in the areas of your God-given giftedness. The very building blocks of your potential will always be the gifts that he has given you. You know, you know it's always trying to be the full potential of who you made, who God made you to be, not who God made me to be and you're trying to be someone else. See, Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's, what? Masterpiece. And he created in us a new, Jesus, he created us anew in Jesus Christ so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. He's woven these characters. He's woven these talents. He's woven these personalities and these experiences into your life so that you can be fully who God made you to be. He created us to succeed giving us each talents and personalities, passions and responsibilities and relationships to do exactly what he's called us to do. And I believe that this church, that God has given us, this church, everything we need to succeed. In this church and in this room and in our family of church, we have, God has given us everything we need to succeed, everything we need to accomplish what the mission he's put in our hearts to do. He's given us that, and we just have to activate that. we got to put it to work. And this is the joy, is that God doesn't necessarily need us to to minister, need us to reach people, but he chooses to use us, right? He chooses to entrust us with what he has given us. And lastly, the fourth thing is that we will be held accountable upon his return. And this is the hard part. Nobody likes talking about accountability because it's not fun. Nobody likes talking about accountability because it requires responsibility, Nobody likes talking about accountability because sometimes we may not measure up and nobody likes that. We don't want to talk about failures and inadequacies. That's not very Christ-like, right? But in this story, in this parable, there is an accountability. There's a moment when the master returns and there's a moment where every servant has got to be accountable for how they invested what the master entrusted with them. And as we said in the beginning, we're talking, Jesus is telling this parable in the context of preparing yourself for the master's return. And all of us as followers of Jesus need to understand that the master will return one day. And he's going to ask you and I, individually, aside from our parents, aside from our families, aside from those we love and those we trust, he's going to ask us, individually, you and me, what did you do with what I entrusted you with? The unfaithful servant in this parable, see, this is the thing. He didn't waste the master's money. What he did was he wasted an opportunity. He had an opportunity to earn more. He had an opportunity to put his master's money to work. But what he did is he wasted an opportunity. And as a result, he was judged wicked and lazy. And church, I don't know about you, but I don't want to waste the opportunities that God has given us every day is a present. That's why we call it the present, right? Every day is a gift. And every day is an opportunity for you and I to invest well, to love well, to serve well, to show the power and the grace of God well, to use the resources and the talents that he's entrusted us to invest back in to the kingdom. Ephesians 5, the Paul writes this letter. He says, so be careful in how you live. But don't live like fools or unwise, another translation says, but like those who are wise. What does he say? Make the most 
of every opportunity in these evil days. And don't act lotlessly, don't act carelessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't waste the days. Make the most of every opportunity. Understand what God has given you and what he's entrusted with you and put it to work. Start investing. I'm sure all of us have felt like we've wasted opportunity from time to time. I know I have. I know I've looked back on moments and I've looked back on opportunities like, God, I missed that moment. God, I wasted that opportunity. God, I missed that. I, there was a window. Remember, you, you ever have those windows in conversations with people and you know that there's a window there to kind of change the conversation to more of a spiritual conversation or to ask more of a, an honest conversation and you just kind of miss the moment. Or maybe you feel a nudge to do something or to go somewhere or to say something and you miss the moment. And we've all had these moments where we've, we've missed it. But the grace of God gives us another opportunity. He gives us another day. We are responsible for what God has given us and one day we will be held accountable. We are told to go and make disciples of all nations and we are not here merely to wait for his returning. We're not just here to wait for our own selves, but we're here to be on mission. We are called to be ambassadors of the creator. We are, we are created beings placed in God's created world to work at his pleasure, to work to be driven by our love for our master. Our only desire should be to hear him say when he comes, well done, good and faithful servant. Let's celebrate. And I don't know about you, but that is the words that I long to hear one day. Well done, good and faithful servant. I've entrusted you with these talents. I've entrusted you with these opportunities. I've entrusted you with these resources. And you were faithful and you invested them well. And so here's the question again. I'm going to invite the band back. What are you doing with the resources that God has given you? That's a question only you can answer for yourself, right? That's a question you, your spouse can't answer that for you. Your kids can't answer that for you. Your parents can't answer that for you. Only you can evaluate, say, God, what is the talents? What are the resources? What are the, the opportunities and the skills and the position, the influence? What have you given me? And am I utilizing those things well? We, just a quick recap here, and we'll just ask a question. For you were created in equal value, but we were all created in equal opportunity. So the question we have to ask ourselves is, what has God given you? Success only occurs when we take action, so the question we need to ask is, how am I investing those resources? What am I doing today to reap a harvest tomorrow? God has given us everything we need to succeed, so what excuses am I buying into that's stopping me from investing in resourcing, investing my resources today? What am I allowing as an excuse, an insufficiency maybe, a, a fear? What am, what am I, what's holding me back? And the last thing we know, we will be held accountable when he's returned. So the question we have to ask ourselves is, are we prepared to give an answer for when he returns on how we've invested the resources he's given us? I firmly believe this with all my heart, that when we give what we have, God gives us what we need. Right? When we give what we have, God gives us what we need. And I think the joy of us as a church and the strength of us as a community, as individuals, in our homes, but also as a church, is that we are faithful to give God what we have. Every day, give Him what we have and trust us that as we give what we have, He will give us everything we need to succeed. If you're in your workplace, if you're in your home, if you're in the community, 
when you look at every moment as an opportunity to give what you have, I believe God will give what you need. His principle is true. It's time for us to be faithful to what God has given us. It's time to be good stewards with the time, the ability, the resources he's blessed us with. It's time to work together for his glory. It's time. And as we gear up for this new ministry year, I'm not just talking about serving the church. Hear me when I say that. I'm not just talking about, you know, everyone needs to be volunteering. Do I do think we need to serve? We all need to be sharing the load and serving in our community. There's no question. But what I'm talking about specifically is how God is using you in every place that you find yourself. And at work, at home, in the community, in your school, are you utilizing the resources that God has given you to make a difference for his kingdom? That's what we're talking about today. So how are you utilizing the resources that God has given you? I'm going to invite you to stand today. And so close your eyes. Just in the quietness of this moment, I just want you to ask that question. I want you to evaluate yourself. And again, only you can do this. This is an opportunity to evaluate your own actions and your own investments. It's an opportunity to evaluate your own heart and your attitude and your approach. It's, a, it's an opportunity to evaluate your own, uh, your own understanding of the season you find yourself in. And for many of us, we've made excuses. For many of us, we've taken a step back. For many of us, we've maybe asked, we're just kind of allowing yourself to see what, what takes place see what happens in the world around us. But today, God is asking you this question. What are you doing with the resources I've entrusted you with? How are you investing? How are you serving? How are you loving? How are you showing grace? How are you offering forgiveness? How are you filling up with joy and hope and peace? What are you doing with the hope that I've given you? What are you doing with the grace the God, that I have given you? And so today, God, we just ask that you to evaluate our own hearts. And God, that you would call us to action. That you would stir in all of us the, de the need or desire to serve you well. To not allow fear to triumph, but allow faith to rise up inside of us. To, to take a risk, to step out in faith, and to serve well. God, we pray that you would utilize our faith. God, that you would expand the kingdom through us. That you would expand your knowledge through us. That you would expand your, your glory through us, God, that as we work with you, God, we would see you do great and wonderful things, that together we'd be able to reap a harvest with your power and your spirit. God, we thank you for your goodness in our life, and we trust you with the details of our day. We entrust you with these things that you've entrusted us so one day to hear good and faithful servant, God. So take our heart today. Have our heart today. May everything stir out of this desire that everything we have is yours so we can be faithful with you in everything we pray this in your precious name amen <laughs>